On today's episode of the Manlyhood Mancast the bots have taken over. You always knew artificial intelligence would be your downfall. Muhahahaha. In a culture that scoffs at honor, you can rise up to lead and to shine. It's time to be the best man that you can be. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. Your regular host has been taken over this week by artificial intelligence. Today, we will be sending out our spiders to capture the best clips of Josh Hatcher from Manlyhood on the rest of the internet. Josh has appeared on several podcasts other than this one, and today, we'll bring you some of the best from those episodes. But before we get into it, men. If you want to grow and be a better man, you need to join the Manlyhood Man Cave on Facebook. It's a place where men help build each other up. All men are welcome, and we challenge each other to grow. Josh and the crew keep the discussion going, and the men in the group support each other, and have each other's backs. Let's get into the show. Josh appeared on the Significant Man Recharge podcast with Warren Peterson. Here's a clip from the show. Well, why don't we start with some basic definitional kind of things from, from your view, what's a man and what is masculinity? Yeah. So it's funny that we even have to try to define that right now. Right. <laughs> it feels absolutely ridiculous to be honest with you. Um, you know, I mean, a, a man is an adult male. I mean, I think that's the first step, but I think that, you know, kind of beyond that biological definition, we really, really have to look at what that means to us. You know, I mean, I know we hear the words be a man, you know, and that means something to us. It means something different than what we're seeing, right? When mm-hmm. when you tell someone to man up or be a man, which I know, listen, we're going to ignore all the toxic masculinity references for at least long enough to talk about that for a second. <laughs> um, why do we say be a man and man up? And that's because we do believe that masculinity should have certain markers. We do believe that there are certain things that a man should do. Uh, And I know that our culture is starting to kind of rip that apart a little bit and maybe kind of, you know, pick at the threads on the seam because they don't understand it. But it's honestly the truth. We think that a man should have a, a good moral character. We think that a man should live with integrity and live with courage, you know, that, that demonstrates strength physically and emotionally. I mean, these are things that we expect out of a man. And I think there's a reason that we expect them out of a man, because I think that's what a man is supposed to be. I think that's part of it, you know? And like I said, we could get into the, you know, the whole toxic masculinity controversy acts controversy actually like brings to light some things that are worth talking about, like, you know, using bullying language to put other people down or making people feel like they're not man enough or good enough when, you know, that's an issue and we should be able to talk about that issue. But, you know, I I think really to be a man is to, 
to have a, a moral code to live up to what uh, the expectations are of being a man. You know, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so much of what you said in there, we could, we could dig into, I want to, I want to focus on, you know, you brought up toxic masculinity there. Um, That's obviously a hot button issue in the world right now. From your view, what does that mean when somebody says toxic masculinity and how would that compare to, to the opposite, to to healthy masculinity or however we want to define it? Like what are, what are those two things from your view? Well, usually when I typically hear the words toxic masculinity, I tend to think that that person spent way too much time on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, they're being indoctrinated with this concept of, of, of this and, and there's a problem with it. And I think that we shouldn't, I, I, like I said, I I brought up the words and we talk about it, but honestly, Mm -hmm. I don't like what it has created. There are legitimate issues to discuss, but when you put the words toxic and masculinity together like that, and then you let it take over, you know, what's happened is now we have an entire generation of people that don't understand masculinity because their only word association they have with it is toxic. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the concept of toxic masculinity, the concept there is real. It's a, there's some real things that we should be concerned about. Like, you know, does, it, uh, can a man cry? without being called a pansy. Yes. A man can cry without being called a pansy and he should be able to work through and express his emotions. And we shouldn't bully him for having emotions or having things he needs to work through. You know, that concept as one of, you know, should a man uh, just assume that he has the right to can't call and whistle at a woman or, you know, sexually harass a woman. No, a man does not have that right. You know I mean? That those are things that are associated with that concept that we need to address. We do yeah. need to address those, but, my issue is toxic masculinity then becomes a buzzword and it damages the very nature of the other word. You know, masculinity itself shouldn't be thought of as toxic. It's not toxic. Masculinity is not toxic. And if it's toxic, it's probably not masculine, to be honest with you. I think that we right. like we want to define masculinity with that moral code, which treats people the right way, which values things properly. You know, when we, when we settle in on that, that buzzword, we completely take away from, you know, what's happening there. So I think that's a dangerous position that we can get into if we're not careful. I mean, you know, the, a couple of years ago, the American Psychological Association put out that traditional masculinity was dangerous you know, like, like when did that happen where it started out as toxic masculinity being dangerous? Now it's traditional masculinity being dangerous. What, where's the danger here? Right. Are you saying that to be a man who has traditional values, that that's what's dangerous? Are you saying that being a man who is old fashioned or that practices traditions? I mean, you know, we have to be really careful what words we put out there. You know, I can think of a lot of young boys that are growing up thinking that it's wrong to be a boy. That's wrong to be a man. That's a problem. Seven, zero, two. Josh Hatcher also appeared on Maximus with Cam Sipa. Here's another clip from that episode. I was always kind of an outcast, though. So, like, mm. like I had a little brother who was five years younger, but I didn't have, like, any friends. Mm. You know, I went to school and I just, I, I, you know, I. looking back on it, I 
I think that I just, my brain worked differently. I, I, as an adult, I found out I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew what that was then or believed what that was then. And so I was a creative kid. I was, uh, I was kind of, you know, I wasn't athletic or in any way whatsoever coordinated. So I didn't fit in with the jock kids and, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I was the definitely the target of a lot of bullying and had to mm. fight because back in those days, like the best cure for a bully was a punch in the nose. Right. And that was how you ended bullying. Mm. You know, now we have it where if you stand up for yourself, then you're the bad guy. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I had to fight to protect myself. Mm. And uh, there were times I'm going to say from like sixth to eighth grade where it was like almost every day. Wow. Yeah. And uh you know, and I, I like to tell everybody I was gay bullied before being gay bullied was cool, was cool. And I wasn't even gay. So, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> tough. you know, I think, I think it's actually, these experiences are really important for our listeners to, to, to listen to, especially because, um, you know, I think probably a lot of our demographic is, is probably a little bit more urban, um, and only hears about these things, things sort of secondhand, maybe even thirdhand. Um, so it sounds like, you know, kind of growing up in that rural environment, it was a double-edged sword if I'm hearing you, you know, like, certainly sounds like very idyllic in terms of the watering hole and swimming and the outdoors activities. I think, you know, uh, kids who kind of grew up in city life, it, it boggles my mind when I hear people who've never seen stars, you know, cause they never le- mm. left the city, uh, in, in anywhere that has like uh, too much light pollution. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, it sounds like, you know, small town mentality is kind of the downside. So I'm, I'm curious how you cope with all that. So in addition to obviously kind of standing up for yourself, uh, you know, how, how how did you sort of cope in terms of maybe a little bit of the, the outcastedness or social isolation? So it's funny that you mentioned the stars because like we actually, the town I grew up in, we we're right near one of the darkest skies mm. this, on the east of the Mississippi. And so people come from all over the world to look at the stars there. And I remember my dad who grew up in East St. Louis always telling me, you know, we'd go somewhere in the evening and come home and it would be dark and we just wait before we walked in the house mm-hmm. and he'd be like look up and he said not everybody gets to see this and you could mm-hmm. see the milky way you could see shooting stars and you could see every plane and satellite in the sky and and every star and every everything you know and um and honestly you know what i had the only way that i coped was i had good parents mm-hmm. you know who loved me now they're not no parents are perfect but they sure. were good parents i didn't know that it was safe to tell them what I was going through. Maybe, maybe it was because for me, home was so safe. I didn't want to bring that world into my home. I think. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, and at the same time there were, you know, I, I look at, there was also home was safe, but there was also stuff where, you know, it's also not safe in a lot of ways too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to get blamed for things. I didn't want to stir up things. I didn't want to make it unsafe, you know? Right. And so I just kept a lot of that junk to myself and mm-hmm. absorbed it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so it was, it was about eighth grade before things really changed for me. You know, right. I grew up in a, in an old fashioned Baptist church and, mm-hmm. you know, three times a week we'd go to church and listen to old organ music. And, mm-hmm. and I loved it because, you know, the old people were my friends, you know, yeah. the, <laughs> the, the old guy that always had candy in his pocket or mm-hmm. quarters in his pocket that would give you you know, a piece of candy. You know, now we would think that's creepy in the city. Somebody would think that's creepy. Sure. This was just an old guy that loved kids and he was yeah. nice. You know, he was safe. We all knew he was safe yeah. and he'd give all the kids a piece of candy every week, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, like, so that was honestly the community that I grew up in was just right. these, these old people who looked out for me and, you know, told me I looked handsome and, uh, 
you know, the old ladies would be like, you look so handsome today in your polyester vest, <laughs> you know, and your clip on tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and, and so I had, I had a, a sense of belonging there. Yeah. And I think that really had a lot to do with, with uh, shaping me as well, you know, so yeah. that, that was important. Absolutely. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, some of Robert Bly's work and talking about how the loss of sort of the extended community, the village, if you will, has, has kind of really been a, um, a downside to sort of like modern American culture, right? Because we can only get so much even from our primary families, to your point, like, you know, it sounds like you did have good parents, but, you know, maybe they're not aware of the bullying. And and so if you're not sort of getting getting those needs met, um, or it's difficult to at least talk about it, then you can get it from other older members of the community, right? Uh, kind of surrogate un- uncles and aunts, if you will. Uh, and it sounds like church was the place to do that. So I'm glad that was that was certainly an outlet. Josh Hatcher talked about manlyhood and more on the Vital Masculinity podcast. Statistically, also, you know, the other thing I think that's lacking and, and missing that we don't talk about is um, the the fatherhood situation in a lot of these, a lot of these, not all of them, but a mm-hmm. lot of these situations. There are dads that are either absent or disconnected or in, ill on their own. You know, a number of these guys that, that do the father at home or never had a father at home, it's high. And I I think that's a lot of it, you know, and I'm not saying that guys that don't have a father are all going to turn out like that. What I'm saying is men be a father to your children. If something happens and you are separated from their mother, and I understand that there are a million reasons why that can happen, do whatever you have to do to be a father to that child. And you be involved and you teach that child right from wrong. And you teach that child, Hey, guess what? This is a gun. And you never point a gun at something unless you want to kill it. You know I mean? Like that's. Even if you know it's not loaded. Yeah. You know, people don't understand that. That's how, like, that's how we learn to use firearms is from a father. Like, like I, I was like, I'm still like, I, my dad has been passed away. He's been gone for two years and I can still hear his voice in my head. Every time I pick up a loaded weapon, you know, reminding me how to handle it and what to do with it, because he drilled it into me. Like, this is how you handle this because this is what a man does. He makes sure that he doesn't accidentally do this or he doesn't do this the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the problem, I, I think, you know, we, we want to blame masculinity for the problems we have, but honestly, what we need is more, you know, this guy who went into the massage parlor, you know, seems to me he didn't have a, a good father figure teaching him how to properly value women. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, seems to me like a father who is showing real love and affection for uh, uh, his mother in front of him would teach him that mm-hmm. you know and you know and and yes i i know that again not everybody has a father i mean the the divorce rates are are staggering and there's a lot of people who grow up without that and so if there's boys in your neighborhood invite them into your home you know mm-hmm. and, and show them and model for them what it means to be a good man you know yep it it reminds me of the time where I forget where it was, but somewhere in Africa, they had a reserve where they had a bunch of teenage bull elephants that were just running rampant and they couldn't figure out why these things were doing it. But what they had done is they had put them in there to breed. And so they had kind of pulled them away as young ones or pulled the men out. Some, one of the two. And the only thing they had to do was just put like two or like one or two 
adult, like old male elephants in that reserve, and immediately those adult elephants checked their behavior and got them in line and they stopped, you know, terrorizing all the, they, they were just tearing down shit and just messing <laughs> stuff up. And it's like, well, yeah, like if you look at an underpass and or whatever you can see, you know, boys are boys and they're going to do vandalistic things if they're not unchecked. Because I think that it's not that we need just more masculinity in general. I do think we need that, but I think that we need to have a masculinity that is bridled and ordered towards what is right, just, and good. And we need, because right now, whatever masculinity we have is towards, you know, ambition. Like there's a lot that's towards the, you know, I'm going to be super successful. I see that all the time. You know, we have people, the next Jeff Bezos, the next that, that is a masculine thing in a way to Mm -hmm. want that, to have that ambition. But we need to have that bridled in a way that's ordered towards what is right and what is good. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I really like about Stephen Mansfield, who um, talks in that kind of leadership language where he's talking a lot about, you know, success and things like that. But he also um, focuses on the concept of noble masculinity and, you know, like as opposed to toxic masculinity. And, you know, I, I really honestly, like, I think that that's what we're lacking. So, you know, when I read a story in the news about some guy that, dude, I just read one the other day where there's a guy that, you know, his baby was found like fatally, almost fatally injured, you know, like here in my hometown and actually, you know, know the, the mother and my heart's breaking for the situation, you know, knowing what they're going through. And, you know, that is not masculine behavior. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he's a male. But mm-hmm. a man doesn't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. you know. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Like a real man doesn't, you know, injure an infant, you know, yeah. or a real man doesn't beat a woman. Like, like I think that, you know, masculinity by its nature has a certain degree of virtue to it or should have that. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, I agree with what you're saying. I just think that that's, that should be assumed about manhood and masculinity, because yeah. if it's not, then what it is is just overgrown boyhood without any, uh, without any virtue woven into it, you know? As always, thank you for tuning into the Manlyhood Mancast. If Josh were manning the show instead of the bots, he would tell you he loves you, he cares about you, and he'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.